guys, it's him and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. So tonight's Monday Night Raw disco. I will say it was a good show. Wouldn't call it great or anything. I would say the show was very predictable. How about I just go with that? Because it's like this wasn't a great episode of Raw, but it wasn't horrible. It built up some things that's going to be that I believe are going to be important going forward kind of for some people. Really, it was just, hey, we're setting up war games and other people are doing things. That's really what this show felt to me. We're setting up the men's war games match and other people are doing things on the red brand. That may or may not even matter. So, it was very predictable, when, and we'll talk about it here when we get in, but, like, Adam Pierce saying, Everybody in war games that's not in the main event, you're banned from the building. I was like, oh, this is where Drew's going to help Judgment Day. Got it. So, yeah, I thought the show was good, not great, very predictable. And then we go on to next week, the final Monday Night Raw before um, war games and Survivor Series. And if the rumors and reports are accurate... That's where Randy's supposed to return, but we got Luke over here with us as well. Luke, what do you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? Honestly, I kind of agree with you. Like, it it was a good show, like, not great. The reason why the show, to me, felt very predictable, because, like, last, I think it was, like, last Friday, WrestleVotes basically tweeted, like, everyone that's going to be in the War Games matches, so well, no. I was like, oh. That was the woman's one he tweeted about, right? Like, during oh. the beginning of SmackDown. Well, he, I, I'm pretty sure he also tweeted the men's one as well. Let's see. Because I only saw him tweet about the woman's one. But I can look. But it, it, Dave even said on Friday that Drew McIntyre is going to get added on the Judgment Day side of things in the in the Observer. Um, Yeah, all I'm seeing from WrestleVotes is about the woman's. I think it was, yeah, Melter was the one saying... Um. Drew getting added on the Judgment Day side of things and Randy Orton most likely being, excuse me, most likely being on the babyface side and then Fightful came and collaborated on that as well later. So, yeah. Nothing really tonight that was, oh, hey, I didn't see that coming. Everything was pretty predictable. I will say, old Adam Pierce finally being the Authority figure we've wanted and not just a pushover. So I do appreciate that. He's like getting shit done now instead of just be like, oh, yeah, sure. You want that? I'll, I'll make it happen. Like he did with Paul Heyman or Rhea Ripley in the past. But lots to talk about when it comes to Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day. Because it's like, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. But other than that, I thought Raw flowed really well tonight. Didn't feel like a super long show like last week's did to me. And yeah building up towards a Survivor Series. But unless I miss something, and correct me if I'm wrong, no new matches announced tonight for Survivor Series? Um, I, I don't believe so, no. Yeah, I didn't see anything new announced for Survivor Series. So, so I've right? actually seen a few people on like Twitter keep saying that WWE needs to go back to just Raw vs. SmackDown for Survivor Series. No, they're going back to what Survivor Series originally was. Teams of people right. that hate each other. That's what Survivor Series originally was. You want Raw versus SmackDown, then bring back bragging rights. Yeah, we still only have three matches announced for Survivor Series. 
IC title match, women's world title match, and the men's war games. So that's all that has so far been announced. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Alan Wake 2, whether you're getting an old game like Immortals Phoenix Rising, even the free game Golden Light, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Again, that's PWU. N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D doesn't cost you anything extra to do so. It helps us out a lot. It really, really does, even though it costs you nothing, even when you're claiming the free games. So go claim the free game on the Epic Game Store. But with that, as far as Monday Night Raw does go, scroll back to the top of my notes here. Cody Rhodes entered wearing a suit to start the show as the announcers ran down the card for tonight's show. And last week coming out of Monday Night Raw, I assumed this was going to be Team Seth because he's the world champion. Oh, no. This is Cody's team. Like, Cody is the leader of this War Games team because I say that. Because before Raw goes on the air, about 10 minutes or so before, they run the last set of commercials on the USA Network, and they always do a live cut-in with Michael Cole from the building. And Michael Cole said, opening up tonight's show will be the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and his War Games teammates. So that right there tells me, oh, this is Cody's team, not Seth's team as I thought because Seth's the world champion. But, yeah, they made a big deal. You know, Michael Cole did once or twice tonight about... Cody's dad created war games, and this is the first time Cody's ever going to be able to compete in war games. Because if you think about it, Cody was supposed to do war games in AEW Blood and Guts. Then the pandemic happened, and it didn't happen. Then last year, he was out injured. We couldn't be in that match. So this is the first opportunity Cody now has to do a war game style match. But Cody comes out. Rhodes says that he has a lot of wonderful memories in this arena. One big one they couldn't mention was that in this building he had the very first ever AEW dynamite match against Sammy Guevara they couldn't say that now Rhodes then introduced his teammates for war games Jey Uso, Sammy Zayn and Seth Rollins all entering separately Wade Barrett noted how loudly the crowd reacted to each of their entrances of course they sang Seth's song Rhodes said that they were all there because of judgment day Rhodes looked at each man and there was obviously tension between him and Rollins, which comes back to play later. Judgment Day then would interrupt minus Rhea Ripley. Finn Balor and Damian Priest 
that the men in the ring weren't a real team. While Judgment Day, they're a family. Priestland said they'd finally be done with everybody after Survivor Series. Well, then asked Rollins what it felt like to be the champion, but standing with Rhodes. Again, telling us this is Cody's team. A man that he could never beat. Priest asked Rhodes what it felt like knowing that he could beat all of his teammates. But the one thing he couldn't be is a champion. Balor told Zayn that everyone knew he was just, but just well, a loser. Priest said that they thought they could trust Jay at one point, but he screwed them all over. Dominic then tried to chime in, and, well, the crowd booed. Zayn said that nobody wanted to hear him. Zayn then warned Judgment Day that they didn't know what they were up for and said that it would be the most brutal match they've ever been in. When it's over, the power would lie with the men in the ring. Now, remember, out of everybody that's going to do this match, the only ones that have done a War Games match before are Jay and Sammy. Rhodes was surprised that Judgment Day found their way to the ring without Rhea Ripley, their leader. Rhodes then egged him on, saying, you don't really have a leader, or maybe Rhea's your leader, and then Priest was like, no, I'm the leader of Judgment Day. Got kind of buzzed, and Finn gave him a look like, you say what? Say what now? Rollins was sick of all this talking, and then he wanted a match. Him and Zayn against two people, Dom and JD. So they go to break, come back, and we get, well, Seth and Zayn, Seth and Sammy, against Dom and JD. So what do you think of this opening promo segment that I felt? It went a little long, in my opinion. Yeah, it did go a little long, but it might play in for something for, like, the Judgment Day, maybe, like, down the line, I would say. So what this is going to play into is a couple of things, I think. So first off, Damien's saying he's the leader of Judgment Day. Finn give him the look like, you're the what? No, there's no leader. Whatever kind of thing. So there's tension there. Then with Rhea later telling Damien, oh, you can be the leader of the War Games team. That's basically her being the leader. And almost, if I'm thinking of it right, kind of talking down to him being, oh, you want to kind of be in charge of something? Sure. I can't be there, so you can be in charge at war games in the match. It's like when you ask for more responsibility at home and your mom says, yeah, you can watch your little brother while I run to the store. That's basically what that was with Rhea. I mean, do you think it might lead to like, I don't know, maybe like Damien or Finn, maybe like one of them like turn on each other? I still like feel that. In the end, something's going to happen where Damian Priest is no longer in war, in Judgment Day. And they're going to push him off as a big baby face. I mean, it would be cool for Damian, but, like, I just don't want to see Judgment Day, like, like break oh, yeah. up anytime soon. Me neither. Me neither. Because they, they can still do a lot more together. Like, if they hit their peak, then, like, sure, whatever. But they haven't even hit their peak yet. No, I don't think they have, but people are already getting tired of the uh, the bloodline, and so you don't want to keep this going on too long, and then it gets stale and old, and like because it's already they're doing some of the same things over and over. If you really think about it, 
Also, I mean, yeah, go for it. Yeah, but but if there's like another like opportunity out there, maybe like for them to do and like fans, and then you don't want fans to be like, why did they break them up and stuff? Right. You could have done this with them. Well, here's the question: Do you have Damian cash in his briefcase as a member of Judgment Day as a heel or a babyface? Not in Judgment Day. I feel like if he once he cashes in, fans are gonna like look at him as like a baby face. Right. Then like if he's still in Judgment Day, once he cashes in, fans are gonna look at him as the baby face, but everyone else in Judgment Day as the heels. And I feel like someone like a Finn Balor is gonna turn on him and be like, You're you were never the leader, I was. Oh, I just got an idea. Finn helps or Judgment Day overall helps Damian Priest successfully cash in. And then they turn on him so Finn can go after him in the belt. That's my prediction. They want him to successfully mm. cash in so then Finn can try to take the belt from him. They attack him, you know, JD, Dom, Finn, they all attack him three on one. And that's the big baby face turn. They kick him out of Judgment Day. And then Finn's like, look, we helped you win that belt. Now give me a shot. And if he doesn't give them the shot, that's when they turn on him. I mean, my biggest question is, when is he actually going to cash in? Because I feel like time, time's very kind of ticking. He's got six months. He's still got six months. I mean, he's got six months, but it's like, do you want him to actually like take the... I mean, I can totally see him take the belt off Seth, but do you like have him... Defend that mania against Finn? Actually, yes. Have him beat Seth before mania. Do the whole Judgment Day split with him as the champion. And then we have the big Judgment Day versus Judgment Day former match at WrestleMania. Actually, I like it. Even though that's what we did last year. And it was Edge and, Edge and Finn. Former Judgment Day guy against the Judgment Day guy. So if we're doing that two years in a row, eh, I'd still do it. I'd do it because I think fans would be really interested in seeing that because then it would. I think if Judgment Day turns on Damien, fans would get really invested in that as far as being behind him as the big baby face and stuff. I could see that being a WrestleMania match. I mean, it would be a bad WrestleMania match. I, I think it would be great, but like the question is like, like would, if that's the route they go for the for Raw, so for SmackDown, would you have Cody win the Rumble again? Yes. yes. Cody wins the Rumble, challenges Rome, or Cody's. Because I don't know yes. if I really want Cody. Cody to win the Rumble again, though. I think Cody has to win the Rumble. There's no other way. Like, what do you do? How do you get Cody against Roman? He just all of a sudden shows up on SmackDown? Unless, unless they do a thing where... Um, Cody Rhodes goes to Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce and says, I want another shot at Roman at WrestleMania. Please trade me over to SmackDown and get me on SmackDown so I can challenge Roman. Maybe there's a spot left open in the Elimination Chamber or something. But no, that wouldn't make sense. I don't know. So I'm saying there's a spot left in the Elimination Chamber. Cody somehow gets into that, and that's how he gets his match with Roman. 
Instead of having to win the Rumble again, he wins Elimination Chamber. But then that means the person who wins Rumble challenges for the Raw title, and then that wouldn't make sense for my prediction of Damian versus Finn. So I think Cody wins the Rumble. I don't think there's any other way around it. Cody wins the Rumble for a second year in a row. Pulls a stone cold. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but I kind of thought like another way to do it would be like if if Cody wants to face Roman again, then he has to like fight all these people to like to get to Roman. Like he has to fight guys like Solo, Jimmy, and like some other people as well. Kind of like the Kofi Mania route, where like Kofi had to fight guys like Samoa Joe, Eric Rowan, like all these other guys. But then again, and then like. That would be meaning that whoever wins the Rumble is challenging for the Raw title. Do you do Drew and you do Drew and Seth at Mania? I mean, originally that's what I thought. But Drew as a heel against Seth as a babyface. When was the last time we've seen a heel win the Rumble? Um, Let's see. Royal Rumble winners. Let's see who were the winners from the Rumble. Um, was Rhea a, ba- a heel when she won earlier this year? She was part of Judgment Day, so Rhea. I like the men's Rumble, though. Brock? Well, no. Was Brock really a heel, or was Brock a babyface? I think in that rivalry, he was a baby face with like Roman. If we're looking, Nakamura was the baby face and then he fought AJ. That's and then he turned heel on AJ. Yeah, he turned heel so on AJ, but he was a baby face when he won. Correct. So it would have been Triple H in 2016 when they did the one where the winner gets the world title. Oh, yeah, that's right. It would have been going into WrestleMania 32. Where they, he made Roman put the title on the line. So uh, that's what it, it all said Batista. Batista was a babyface at the time when he won the Rumble yes. in 2014. When, ba- when Batista won the Rumble going to WrestleMania 30, he was supposed to be this huge, big babyface coming from Hollywood that everyone was going to love, and they despised him for it. <clears throat> so Batista was not supposed to be a heel. The fans made him a heel in the sense of they booed the shit out of him. But he was supposed to be a massive baby face is what they thought. They're like, oh, this guy coming out of Hollywood? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Guardians of the Galaxy? He's a baby face. But yeah, the last heel would have been like full-on heel would have been Triple H 2016. Because who did so Randy won 2017, and then faced who at Mania? Oh, Bray. No, was it Bray? It was Bray. Yeah, it was Bray. In that stupid match where they had the freaking lights on the ring the whole time. On the, it was on like the, those fireflies and fireflies. Yeah. That the was dumb. And they kept showing the match from the top down all the time, and I was just like, this is dumb. Yeah, so Triple H was the last full-on heel. Again, like like you said, Nakamura turned heel on AJ. That's when Nakamura was doing the the punch the dick stuff, the low blows. But 
Yeah, he won as the babyface. The last heel would have been Triple H. 2016. That whole thing was stupid. Like, when did you get the belt? I, I didn't like that. Well, that's when the authority was super against Roman Reigns. That was the whole thing. The authority, because remember, the authority was against Roman. Roman successfully defended the title. No. Seth got hurt. He then beat Ambrose at Survivor Series to win the vacant title. Triple H then then came out, had Sheamus cash in the briefcase. Then Roman got it back from Sheamus. It was a whole thing. Got it back from Sheamus. He then made Roman defend it in the Rumble. He then won it, defended it against Dean Ambrose at um, Roadblock. Then, well, actually, first they did the triple threat with Brock, Roman, and Ambrose. Roman won that to get the title shot at WrestleMania. Then they did the roadblock match with Triple H and Ambrose. Then they went into WrestleMania. Triple H loses. Roman's your world champion. I remember fans like complaining about that WrestleMania that year. Like it was, like it was huge for attendance. But they said, but like the matches were awful. I wouldn't go that far. I liked WrestleMania I mean, 32. The main event sucked though. Oh, I wasn't. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nick in the chat said Raw's still on TV. Oh, yeah. Raw's going to always be on TV somewhere, somehow. I think Raw's going to FX, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think Raw moves to FX. But instead of talking about old stuff, we got to talk about this current show we just watched that had the first match of the night be Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins against JD McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. Match goes 10 and a half minutes and ends in a DQ. Also, today was... No, you were wrong, Luke. Today was the anniversary of Eddie's passing, not yesterday. I saw stuff like yesterday. Because it was... I could have sworn. I guess it was today. Eddie Guerrero... Blah, 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 blah. Eddie Guerrero died on November 13th. Today's November 13th. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> You're off by a day. Uh, Dom did the three amigos. And Michael Cole referenced Eddie Guerrero. Said we're all thinking of him on this day. Zane and Rollins hit stereo dives ahead of a commercial break, but Cole let us know that Judgment Day took over during the break. Or after the break, Cole let us know Judgment Day took over during the break. Rollins made a hot tag and was all over Dominic. McDonough tried to interfere, so Zane took him out. Dom then went for a 619, but Rollins hit him off with a super kick and a buckle bomb. Rollins then set up for the curb stomp, but Priest and Balor interfered, causing the disqualification. Priest and Balor attacked as Ripley directed traffic. Again, we got no leader in Judgment Day. No, Mommy's the leader. Mommy runs Judgment Day. Jay and Rhodes then ran out. Technically, though. What? Technically. Oh, not technically. It's factually. Well, like, WWE, they're trying to make it seem like Judgment Day doesn't have a leader, but... No, 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 no. if If you had to pick one, it would be Rhea. I think we are all supposed to know that Rhea is the leader and that she wants all the guys to not think that this girl is telling them what to do. Because have you noticed the way she, especially the priest, she talks down to him sometimes going, yeah, that's a great idea. Ah, we'll get that. I'll go talk to Pierce about it. She's always the one that's got to go make things happen with Adam Pierce. Well, I think she's always been the leader of Judgment Day. But especially with with Damian Priest, 
talks to him in a way where it's like, yeah, that was your idea. Now I'll go make it happen. But she's directing traffic. Cody and Jay run out. Dozens of security come out to try and separate them. And then we get another great performance by Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is in the ring. He's yelling at everybody. He's just going off. And he's like, you know what? We can't have this. We have a big main event tonight with the tag titles on the line. And this is what we're going to do. Everybody not in that match, but that is in war games. You're not just banned from the ringside area. I want you to leave the building before that match starts. You're banned from the arena. And so Sammy, Seth, Dom, and JD all had to leave the building before the match itself began. But what did you think of all of this? The match and then the post-match stuff. It's like they really gave us 10 and a half minutes for this. The match didn't need to Honestly, go that long. I felt like the match was kind of a waste of time, if exactly. I'm being completely honest. Yeah. It was a waste of it was a waste of time and their ending of that match, like the post match stuff, was very like predictable of like what was gonna happen at the end. Which well, we'll get there when, when it happens. Right. To answer uh, Nick's question in the push chat, he said, What are they doing with Carlito? I don't watch WWE. Carlito's on SmackDown. Carlito basically caused Santos Escobar to turn on Rey Mysterio kinda because so, if you didn't see it on Friday, and I didn't do a review on Friday because I was doing stuff with my kids, Ray Mysterio was talking about how he lost the U.S. title to um, Logan Paul. Carlito then comes out, and he's like, hey, we're not going to talk about why you actually lost. Oh, because Santos just put the brass knuckles back on the ring apron so Logan can use them. He didn't even take them when he ran the other guy off. He's like, no, Santos costs you the belt. And he's causing tension between um, Ray and Santos and everything. Then Carlito faces Bobby Lashley. Carlito gets his ass beat by Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Ray comes out to check on Carlito after the three-on-one attack. And that's when Santos Escobar comes out, attacks Ray. Ray flips his shit, slaps Santos, forearms him. Santos boots Ray into the post. And then Ray, like, falls between the post and the ring steps. And Santos kicks the ring steps into Ray. Zelina then runs out crying. And Santos walks off going, Ray had it coming. Ray had it coming. That's what they're doing with Carlito. He's causing tension and breaking up the LWO. I feel like it was too early for Santos to like leave the LWO. Mm. I don't know. That's a good question, actually, to think though. Like if they were gonna do it, they should have like waited to like at least a year Royal Rumble time, yeah. Because they've been the thing for what seven months. Now here's the question Do the rest of the people stay LWO or do they go with Santos? And go back to Legato del Fantasma. Dude, I, I freaking love Legato del Fantasma. Oh, I get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. He should start a new Legato del Fantasma. Bring up Electra Lopez, who was originally the female handler of Legato del Fantasma. And then you have the LWO against Legato del Fa- the new Legato del Fantasma. And you just, oh, Wait, I got it. So you and have like... And, Garza and Humberto. Angel and Humberto. 
Bring up Angel Humberto and Electra Lopez. Brand new Legato Del Fantasma against the LWO. And Carlito just running around causing crap. So that, that I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. No, I have not seen that, Bangs. Oh, yeah, that was that was hilarious. That prank phone call. Yeah, I saw I saw the video, but I never clicked on it because I was it was I saw it when Raw was on, and I was like, ah, yeah, cool. <laughs> Actually, so, uh, when's Andrade's contract expiring with AEW? Like 2026, 2027. Wait, really? I'll tell Wait, you right now. Hold I on. Thought it was like 20, I thought it was like 2024. No, no, no. Well, mm, I could be wrong. Hold on. Give me two seconds, and I'll tell you. I have it on our website. Go to the resources tab of pwunlimited.co. I try to keep at least that kind of stuff updated over there. But, um, contracts, contracts, contracts. Well, he said in 2021 it was a three year deal, so. Okay. So it has so it has to be like twenty around twenty twenty four. Yes, next summer. I was off. Next summer. Summer twenty four. Why do you ask? I kinda of feel like if originally I thought that Joaquin Wilde and and Cruz del Toro, I thought they would they would leave Ray. And go back to uh, Santos and just give bring Electra Lopez to Santos. Have Zelina stay with Ray, then you can go the route of uh, of uh, Humberto and Garza with Andrade against that new LWO against Legado del Fantasma. Wouldn't hate it. And actually, not be a bad idea because you have the element of Zelina's now creating a new LWO. She's got the connection with. Angel Garza. She's got the connection with Andrade. That's if if they get Andrade back. We don't know if Andrade's coming back to WWE or not. Andrade's going to work GCW. I don't know if you saw that. Andrade's working three GCW shows coming up. That I did not expect at all. Well, I know WWE, they want him back. Oh, and then, they would be dumb not to. And then, like, uh, I know the rumor was when Triple H became in charge i'm pretty sure he wanted to go back as well that was just the rumor the, yeah there was a rumor that he wanted out and then uh, but it was a, i think there was the same similar rumor with malachi black as well like he wanted out and they convinced him to stay but i don't know well malachi black he they were supposed to give him his release and they were gonna add terms to it he even like yeah said on his instagram post right. he said on instagram post that he deleted i indeed asked for my release but mm-hmm. then but then they told him all right you're, we're not going to give you a release, but we can give you time off, and he agreed to that. I think he's the one that's like 2026, and that's what I might have mixed up. Yeah, he's yeah, he's on like a five-year deal. Yeah, because I think him and Adam Cole are like super long deals. Oh, yeah. It is. I'll tell you right now. I have still have it pulled up. Scroll down. Malachi Black. Until 2027. He said, in 2022, I have almost five years left. So, yep. Man, it would be cool to see him back in WWE, though. Oh, yeah. 
Also, according to Dave Meltzer, and this isn't a report, this is just something he saw with his own two eyes, he said that Andrade, his shoulders and his back look so huge compared to what he looks like on TV. He's like in person, because Dave was at the Rampage Collision tapings on Friday. He goes, in person, Andrade is huge. Like his shoulders and his back are so much bigger in person than they come off on TV. He's like, I don't know why he's putting on so much muscle, but Andrade is getting huge. Oh, that dude's like a gym freak. He's always posting on right? his Instagram of, of him and Charlotte always at the gym. Right. But, yeah, he's getting big. He's not just, like, at the gym all the time ma- maintaining his size. Apparently, he's getting bigger. And also, speaking of that, I said last week during SmackDown, Montez Ford looks like he's getting more jacked than ever. And then over the weekend, we find out he did a uh, bodybuilding competition. So that's why. And he won. Yeah, there's a lot of pro wrestlers now that are doing, like, bodybuilding yeah. competitions. Like, Jordan Jordan Grace is now mm-hmm. slowly, like, getting into it. Bianca's done one or two. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed that on SmackDown the last couple of weeks. I'm like, man, Montez Ford looks more jacked than ever. And now we know why. Because he was getting in, I guess you could say, competition shape. Uh, low roller scratcher. We ain't making any accusations like that here. But as we move forward, we go to commercial break. We come back, and Rhea Ripley and Adam Pearce are still in the ring. So now I want to know, if anybody was at Raw tonight, were they arguing throughout the entire three-minute break? Because you come back, and they're still yelling at each other in the ring. So Ripley said that Raw needed the judgment day, and you can't ban us from the building and this and that. And he said, quote, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Michael Cole chuckled and said, that's a good Clark Gable reference. Pierce said that he runs Monday Night Raw. This is his show, not Judgment Day's show. He also said that you shouldn't concern yourself with the main event either. You will be banned from the building as well. And then out would come Zoe Stark. Zoe interrupts. Adam Pierce is like, what are you doing out here? And Rhea goes, wait, wait, wait. I want to hear what she has to say. Stark said that Ripley wasn't as dumb as she looked. And said that she must know why she was out there. Ripley wanted to hear her out. Stark said that Ripley had too much on her plate. Thinking about war games. Thinking about the tag title match later. Thinking about Dominic and everything that goes in with that. And she's like, and that's why I'm going to beat you. Because you're overlooking me. Ripley said that she wasn't overlooking her at all. Ripley said, actually, if I'm going to be honest, I've been following your career since you joined NXT. And I knew that one day we would join, or we would come face to face in this ring. Ripley said the Starks sent Trish Stratus packing, beat Becky Lynch, and had other memorable moments in her first year on the main roster. Ripley said, you remind me of myself. But the only way that you would ever be a champion is when you do it on the other brand. The crowd was kind of quiet here and didn't know how to respond. Um, she then said that I could say this with confidence because mommy is always on top. Ripley says she was not spreading herself too thin. She could handle everything that comes at it because she is Bria Bloody Ripley. She then tried to go after Stark. Stark pulled down the top rope. Rhea fell out of the ring, and there we go. So, yeah. What did you think of the Rhea Ripley, Zoe Stark stuff? That was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Like, I'm also curious to know as well, like, was 
Rhea and like Adam Pierce arguing throughout the commercial break. Yeah, I have no clue, but it obviously seemed like it because what, what are they going to do? Turn the lights off, play some videos on the screen, and then all of a sudden be like, three, two, one, you're arguing. All of a sudden they're just arguing again. I don't know. That would have been weird. Unless there was like something going on ringside to where like maybe, I don't know. Yeah. We get a Shinsuke Nakamura video. The promo was directed at somebody specific, but he didn't say who. Cole wondered who he could be talking about. Nakamura said, quote, you are blessed with some, so much privilege. I am taking away your choice. The opportunity is mine now. He ended the promo with saying, I will wait for now because I know it all ends by my hands. Who is he talking about? The privilege thing sounds like Randy Orton. I don't think it's Randy. I think originally I thought it was going to be Randy, but now that the rumor is Randy's going to be in war games. Is this someone from NXT that's going to get called up? But when he says privilege, everyone's always talked about how Randy Orton was privileged in WWE, could do no wrong, and could always do whatever he wanted without any repercussions. That was always the things that the fans thought about Randy Orton was like, oh, Randy Orton could be a dick and Randy Orton could be a, you know, bad backstage and this and that, but he never has to worry because he's privileged. He can do what he wants. So that's when they said privileged. I'm like, Randy, but I don't think it's Randy. Who the heck could it be? I have no clue. That privilege line is really what threw me. Let's look at the raw roster real quick. Let's try. Maybe there might be someone on the raw roster. I can pull it up. Um, it'd be like a returning AJ, maybe. Well, AJ SmackDown. AJ was supposed to return on SmackDown last week. For some reason, didn't. I don't know why. Here's the roster right here. So there's Akira Tozawa, Angel Garza, Apollo Cruz, Becky Lynch, Braun Strowman, Bronson Reed, Brutus, Gable. Cody, Priest, Loomis, Dom, Drew, Eric, Finn, Vinci, Gunther, Humberto, Ivar, JD, Jay, Jinder, Gargano, Julius, Kofi, Kaiser. Why is Vince listed on the Raw roster? That's weird. Uh, Odyssey Jones, Otis, Ricochet, Sanga, Seth. Uh, Miz, Champa. What if it's Miz? He's calling out the Miz. I doubt it. No, Veer it can't be Miz. And Woods. So that's the Raw roster. I don't see anybody that fits the whole privileged line. You know what I mean? Is it someone that needs to be like returning soon? Well, let's see who's uh, free. Other than Randy? Well, those are the free agents. Is he calling out Brock? Nakamura calling out Brock Lesnar? Nah, Brock won't be returning until like Royal Rumble, I I believe. So if we go to current superstars, I wish they could break this up by main roster. Like they do Raw SmackDown, but it's like there's the injured people who were never drafted. We have to go through and find them here, and we have NXT people. Um trying to see um anybody that's out injured 
It's like Randy Orton, of course, but there's like who else is out injured? Big E? He ain't it ain't him. Seamus. Technically Seamus is SmackDown, SmackDown, but we haven't seen Seamus since August, which is still kind of weird. Um Ooh, they have a new Kyrie Sane. I gotta get that. New Kyrie Sane renders. Gotta use those. Um Yeah, that it's that privilege line which is throwing me off where I have no Tell me it's our truth. Tell me it's our truth. He was asked last week on Twitter, Are you still coming back? He said yes. Didn't say when though. It'd kind of be a letdown to a lot of people, though, if it was our truth Oh, yeah, probably. The privilege line doesn't fit for him, though. And again, that's what I'm hung up on is that privilege line. That's it. Everybody on the current roster. The only one that makes sense is Randy freaking Orton. Also, I'm going to teach you guys watching live something. You ever need WWE renders for graphics? What you do is you click on the wrestler, you right click the wrestler, you click open in new tab. You then go up here to the address bar. You go from the beginning of styles all the way over to the slash before all. Now, if you save the image right here, you're going to save it with that gray background. It's going to end up being a JPEG. But if you want it cut out as a PNG, you erase style to right before all. So the slash before all. Delete that. Click enter. Boom. Still shows the gray there. But it is now a PNG. Full-size PNG. You save it. Bada bing, bada boom. You now have the render. Bingo. Right there. Touch you guys something. Uh, Tyreek said Braun Strowman, maybe? Possibly. But Low roll is the CM Punk privileged. I mean... He ain't privileged. I can tell you that right now. Uh, no, I can see the joke. I can see it as a joke. But I don't think Punk's coming back. At least not at Survivor Series. Because if you look at everybody that's been reporting the CM Punk stuff, they all keep saying, none of them have said Punk's not for sure coming back. They just say Punk's not set for Survivor Series. Yet, here's one thing to look at. Dakota Kai was not set for last year's SummerSlam until the day before. She literally got the call and signed the day before. And they were like, hey, can you make it to Vegas? No, it was Nashville. Was it Nashville? Yeah, I was there. Oh, there you go. Nashville, my bad. I know, I know the Detroit one. She said that like she was never like supposed to be in Detroit when when they had EO cash in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally made it there less like than during 10, the Drew, the Drew match. It was like ten minutes before they needed her to go out. Yeah, she got to the building as the like the Drew match was ending and the women's title match was about to start or whatever. Right, but yeah. So, I mean, if they want Punk, they can get Punk, and they can sign him the day before or whatever. Because, like I said, with Dakota Kai, she was not signed to the company. They called her up 
the day before and we're like, we want to sign you, bring you back. You're going to be with Bailey and EO and this and that and da, 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 da. But I don't know who this privileged guy is that Nakamura really wants. That's the whole thing. It's privilege. Privilege is what's throwing me off. Uh, someone else said maybe privilege is just a poor word choice. Could be Randy if not. Randy's supposed to be in war games, according to Fightful. According to Fightful, Randy was supposed to... This is what doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to go on a little rant here for a second. Fightful had been saying for a while, oh, Randy's not set to come back. We're told not to expect Randy back. SummerSlam, Randy's not coming back. Don't expect Randy back anytime soon. Then they put a report out over the weekend or whatever it was that Randy has been slated for war games since the summer. Okay. You guys were saying over summer, we're told there's no no return date for Randy Orton, that no one knows. And da, da, da. So what is it? Were you wrong then? And you're just now backtracking now? I don't know. Anyways, Zane and Rollins spoke in the back, and they were approached by Cody. Rollins asked Zane, hey, can I have a moment with Seth? And Zane, let him go. Cody said that, you know, we hate each other. In 364 days of the year, that's fine. But there's one day I need us to get along, and that's war games. Rollins said that he didn't like Cody, but he at least respects Cody. Rollins promised Rose that they'll be fine when it comes to Survivor Series and war games. Rollins patted him on the back and told him, hey, who won the tag titles? Rhodes seemed content. Because Seth's like, why are you worried about this right now? You got a tag title match later. And Cody's just like, I know, but I, 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 it's just weighing on me. So, yeah. The little thing to be like, they're not turning on each other or Seth's not going to do anything. They're both baby faces anyways. I wouldn't have expected it. So, this segment even airing, I'm kind of just like, why did we need it? Was this, this really felt like, uh, we got five minutes to fill. What do we do? Oh, hey, let's, let's go back in history and just say that these two aren't going to fuck each other up. What'd you think? Because I thought it wasn't needed at all. Nah, it wasn't needed. It just felt kind of just like, eh. Chase, that's the plan. Randy and War Games. It's been reported by multiple outlets now. Not just like one person saying it. So Chase in the YouTube chat said, Randy and War Games, I don't know if it's good because of his back injury. I, I kind of... That's what, what we said saying. last like, week too. Yeah, like, but we also, but like we also said, if he's been training and whatever, and he feels good, then that's on him. Cool. If his back is fine enough, and it, honestly, to be completely honest, he could do a war games match and not like get put through a table or anything, and he'd be fine. You can slam him face first into the cage and whatever. I think he'd be fine. Like, there, there's also like. A lot more people in the match to where like Randy doesn't have to be like the only one. Exactly. Like, Have him come everything. out last for his team and then they can mask him or smoke and mirrors where he doesn't have to do a lot. And also that's just us predicting and that's just us speculating on his back. For all we know, he's got some super serum that he's been injecting in him or something. Maybe he went and did that stem cell Stuff like Rey Mysterio gets for his knees and his back's all good to go now. Maybe he's fine. For all we know, Randy's good to go fine and we shouldn't be worried about his back. Maybe it was that his back wasn't as bad as we even thought. Like, who knows? 
I don't think they would put Randy in the match if there was any worry. I'll just say it like that. So then we move forward. We got Shinsuke Nakamura against Otis. Otis ran over Nakamura early. Not much happened before the commercial break. After the break, Otis continued his offense, hitting a powerbomb, a back elbow, and a clothesline. There's a Caterpillar elbow that got a two. Referee actually checked on Nakamura after the powerbomb because Otis slammed him pretty hard. Nakamura responded with an enziguri, but Otis countered a Kinsasha into the world's strongest slam and got a near fall off of it. Michael Cole played this up like it was a death sentence or something because he was like, oh my God, look how hard Nakamura went down from that world's strongest slam. Nakamura then hit a diving knee off of the top rope, but Otis didn't go down. Nakamura then kicked the leg out and his leg, a kick to the leg out of his leg and hit a Kinsasha to the back of the head. Otis then still didn't go down. So Nakamura hit him with another Kinsasha, this time right in the face, and pinned him 1-2-3 to pick up the victory. So there we go. Nakamura does get the win. Then after the match, goes after Gable. And they didn't announce it, but they kind of made it seem like Nakamura's going to fight Gable next. But I don't think they announced that. At least they didn't show a graphic for it. No, they didn't. I I really liked Otis in this match. I like oh, yeah. the part where like where like Shinsuke did that king shot saw from the top rope and it didn't phase Otis. Yep. I liked it. It's like you okay. gotta really hurt this guy to get the big man down. You really gotta mow him down. Oh yeah. Otis did did great in this match. So there was a war games video package that explained the rules. An hour later they played the same video again. I don't know why they did it twice, but yeah. They played a video package that told us what war games is. And then like an hour later, right before the main event, they did it again, which is kind of weird. I will say they really took advantage of like the footage from like last year's war games, which they had to because like all the other war games matches they had in the past, you know, the majority of those guys are no longer in WWE. Very true. A lot of them and are with uh, Undisputed Era guys. Yeah, they're all they're all in AEW now. Uh, Fonzie says Shinsuke versus Gable is announced for next week. Okay, cool. But they didn't show a graphic for it. That's the thing. I can tell you exactly what they graphicked. They got them. As far as the graphics and the what was officially announced for next week, go to Twitter. Got them right here. These are the only matches that they show graphics for during the show. Raquel Rodriguez versus Nia Jax. Becky Lynch versus Zia Lee. Survivor Series War Games Advantage match. So, unless it was announced, like, on Raw Talk or something, well, I'm doing this show, and I'm not watching Raw Talk. But those are the only three matches that were announced during Raw with graphics. <clears throat> I mean, I can go to Twitter really fast and just see if they've announced it since. WWE on Twitter. Wait, what is this? There's a video from right when Raw was about to start. Cody was in the ring. 
The crowd was chanting for Randy Orton, and Cody said, spoiler alert, Jey Uso and I have friends too. Okay. But let's see. Okay, so it was announced on social media. It was announced in a social media video. After Raw. Again, I'm doing this video here on YouTube, so I can't see that. But thank you for letting me know. He says, Chad said it in this segment with the Creed Brothers. All I saw was, in the segment with Creed Brothers, was goddamn Tazawa dancing with that commander's uh, belt. I didn't notice any of that, so maybe I just missed it. But again, those are the only three matches that they announced with graphics. During they Raw. must. WWE must have like some deal with like the NFL where they always have to like show one of those belts on television. Well, no, it's that they sell them on their website. WWE creates and manufactures and sells them on their website. So they're going to push those to make money off of them. Because that's the only place you can get them is WWE shop. They were like, but they didn't really... I know, but like they never really do that with all the other like legacy belts that they True. sell. You know, if they're not promoting the stuffed Pharaoh, the dog that you can buy for 24 bucks. Now everybody can have their own Pharaoh, the dog. I mean, is that really something you really like necessarily like need to promote on television? What? The dog? though. No, it was a joke because you say they don't promote other stuff. Well, they can promote the dog. I don't know. I mean, for like the belts though, like, right. Like they're like, they're promoting the crap out of like the, NFL ones, but like you never see them promote like their legacy belts on television. Yeah, they gotta have something. I don't know. Holy shit. If this was not so expensive, I would buy this today and put it in my front freaking yard. Oh my god. Oh my god. What is it? Merry Christmas to the new WWE champion Santa Claus. Seven Foot inflatable, but it's $112. Inflatables are expensive, though. I mean, you can get them for like 20 bucks at Walmart, a regular one. I got a snowman yeah, and a... But those big ones, though, like that one. Well, my snowman's like five foot, and I spent like 20 bucks, 25 bucks on it, if that. But yeah. 112 bucks, and you put Santa Claus with WWE title, a sack of WWE stuff, and WWE foam finger in your front yard for Christmas. Do I have any other Christmas things on here real fast? Hold on. Hold on. Any more Christmas um like decorations? Not that I see. I'm sure they might have like because this was under I found it under them. the new where they have the new Yeet shirt for sale. <clears throat> you want a cowboy's belt? They're almost out of Steelers belts. I'm a Panthers fan, unfortunately. <laughs> but I would love to have like one of those the, the Panthers one, but those things are just crazy expensive. Five hundred and fifty bucks. Save your money, kids. Right. Like trust me, I would love to have like a WWE title. Like I've been wanting one since I was like nine or ten, but they're just so expensive. I got a CMLL belt that was sent to me in a Pro Wrestling Loot Box. 
I mean, I used to have like those toy belts a lot, though. Yeah. Like you can get those at like Walmart for like twenty bucks, though. Yep. I had one but back in the day. I had the Circle WWE Championship, the one Stone Cold had on the blue strap. But I had it when they were making them on foam, and the dog chewed up the foam. Like, I'm talking about like those actual like replica belts that look like actual title belts on oh, television. Yeah, yeah. The ones they sell, yeah, you can get those like at the live events and stuff for like 400 bucks. They sold a W. I went to a, the live event last February. They had a WWE Championship belt for like 200. Oh, it's not bad. Like, like I well, almost got it. I'm I, I, to was, think. I almost got it, but I was like, I, eh, I don't know. I know when I went to No Mercy, I saw like five people buy the NXT Championship. I'm sure they sell them cheaper though, at like actual like WWE events than like the website. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's cheaper for sure because you're not paying shipping. That's a plus. Yeah, that and like they probably just sell them at like like events and stuff, so that way it's their way of people trying to like buy them there. Right. So after this War Games video package video, Drew McIntyre approaches Seth Rollins in the back. McIntyre said that Rollins, he was right. He lost a crown jewel and it was all on him and no one else to blame. He said maybe it's actually the best thing that could have ever happened to him. McIntyre said that he's been wanting to give Rollins something since last week. Rollins got his guard up a little bit and McIntyre offered a handshake. Rollins shook his hand back. McIntyre congratulated him and said represent that title well. Said he planned on working his ass off to get back to the title. Rollins said, I know you will, or I'm sure you will, something like that. And then, yeah, Rollins limped away with his belt and his jacket over his shoulder. So, Rollins walking very gingerly. I don't know if he's just selling the back or if he's actually hurting. I don't know. See, this is what I thought the Cody segment was going to be. I didn't think the Cody segment was going to be, hey, we need to friends for one day I thought the Cody segment was going to be hey you need to not go out here and wreck your body before war games because we need you at as close to 100% as you can be and we already know your back's messed up that's what I thought the Cody segment was going to be and that would have made more sense on as to why Cody would need to talk to Seth before war games and about stuff not the whole eh, we don't like each other but let's get along for war games I thought that was kind of corny but if Seth was out or Cody would have been like hey please calm down so you don't hurt yourself worse before war games. That would have been better. Anyways, yeah. So Drew basically was like, we're cool. They're yeah, I'm really, sure. But they're I'm not sure really. he's just selling. I'm, I'm sure he's just selling the back right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he said in, in an interview with, like, Logan Paul, he said he's been dealing with, like, a back injury for, like, years. And oh, he yeah. still, like, looks fine. Yeah. So it's, he's just no selling it. So next up, we had a Tegan Knox hype video, pushing the crap out of Tegan Knox. Because we know Triple H loves Tegan Knox, like he's liked her since the NXT days and all that. She was supposed to win she that May Young Classic. She was supposed to win like the first one, then she got yeah. hurt. Then they were going to have her win the second one, then she got hurt. Triple H has always been a high, high, high proponent of Tegan Knox. He, her injuries is what's holding her back, even yes. in NXT. Like yes. Like, I was kind of surprised she didn't win the NXT Women's Championship when she, during her time there. It was mainly, like, her injuries that held her back. You know, I know two females that Tegan Knox is her favorite wrestler. Could you guess why? I'll give you a hint. It's her name. Can you guess why? 
Uh, why? Nox is like a spell or whatever in Harry Potter. I know two females that love everything Harry Potter, and so like Dakota Kai, huh? Dakota Kai is one of them. I know that. Well, I, I know two people personally that are like, oh yeah, because like I, I I know two women that got into wrestling, and then they were, I was like, so who do you like? She's like, well, I like that Nox girl because Nox is a Harry Potter reference. So yeah, I think I was. You want know, you want to know something about Harry Potter? What up? So two years ago, I. We had a family vacation in London. We went to the oh, place damn. where they filmed all the Harry Potter movies. Nice. I, I personally, I was never into Harry Potter. My family was, but I was just never into it. Yeah, I was never into it. Into it. I like the movies. I think they're fun and entertaining to watch. But I was never like, oh my god, I love Harry Potter. It's you know. I never really. I liked never it. read the, the only. Like, I never read the books. The, I'll tell you that. The, the only thing, the only like scene in Harry Potter that I like, do you remember the the one scene that one movie where like they had that lady like like blow up, get really big and just float float away? Yes. That was the only scene I really liked. <laughs> nice. Well, we're taking the kids to Universal Studios here in the next couple of weeks, so they'll get to experience all the Harry Potter stuff there. Nice. Uh speaking of Tegan Knox. We played this video hyping her up before she took on one half of the tag team champions in Piper Niven in a 4 minute and 45 second match. Natalia did her best to get the crowd behind Tegan, but they just didn't care about this match at all. Knox started to get some offense until Green jumped up on the apron right in front of the referee. The distraction allowed Niven to knock Knox down. Natalia then decked Chelsea. So Niven decked Natalia. The distraction here allowed Knox to hit Niven with the shiniest wizard. Niven then got her legs on the ropes. Niven tried to do a sit down on Knox, and Knox moved and applied a crucifix pin to pick up the victory. So, yeah, Tegan Knox does win. Also, Chelsea Green says she's filming a movie this year or this week. She put out a tweet this morning or whatever and was like, going to Raw, then gonna go film a movie in Canada. And still get back home in time to kiss my husband. I don't know what movie she's going to be in. But movies are filming again. And she's going to be in a movie. I don't know if it's a big deal movie. I don't know if it's a low budget indie film. I don't know what it is. But she's doing something in a movie. Also, Seth Rollins' Marvel movie, Captain America Brave New World. That's been pushed back to 2024. Yeah, the act... Actor strike is over. I'm pretty sure Cena post. It was either on his his Twitter or his Instagram saying like the end. And a lot of people thought, oh, he's oh, no. done with WWE. But that's all the writer strike. In- the actor strike. The actor I mean, strike. insurance purposes, Cena cannot wrestle while he has any active projects. And I know a bunch of movies are set to start filming again. Like they said, Deadpool, which is halfway done, will start filming again before Thanksgiving. Um, Stranger Things season five, the final season is supposed to start filming in before the end of the year. And then there's some other stuff that they're already like, yeah, we're not wasting any time and we're going to start filming as quick as we can. Just give me, I, I don't want to say it cause it could be a, a spoiler for the Marvels. Never mind. I'll just say, give me Deadpool three and what I think this movie's going to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've been waiting for like Deadpool three for like, years now yeah but deadpool 3 now from what we've seen in 
That's probably not going to come out to like 2025. No, Deadpool 3 is the only Marvel movie set for next year. June. It got pushed back from May to June, and it is the only Marvel movie set for 2024. So, we'll see how it all just go, but yeah, I won't say anything else. If you haven't seen the Marvels, there is something big that happens that they show, that they do, that we kind of knew was going to happen in Deadpool, but now it just further confirms it. Jackie Redman interviewed Ray, or not Ray Mysterio. Why did I read? Oh, I saw something here. This is Ray Mysterio. Jackie Redman interviewed The Miz. Redman asked what was driving The Miz, and he responds, quote, a bus. Took me a long time, but I finally got myself a bus. Well, that's cool. AJ got himself a bus way before Miz. You would think Miz was ready. I don't know. Miz knew that she meant the match against Gunther, and he talked about the Intercontinental Championship. She says something about if you beat Gunther, you'll be a nine-time champion, and that'll tie the record. But they didn't say that Jericho's got the record. They just said you'll tie the record. Miz then mocked Gunther with an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, and that led to Ivar coming up and calling him a clown. Bronson Reed then interrupted and said, you know, Gunther got lucky that I'm not the one facing him. And Ivar's like, why? He already beat you. Miz then backed away and let those two... Jaw Jack, and then Valhalla stepped in in between them. Go. This then led. So the, go for it. Someone in the Twitch chat earlier when we first started says, Does Miz have a good chance of winning? No. no. Miz ain't winning. So this then led to speaking to Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser against Tommaso Ciampa. Match went 10 minutes. All right. So I bitch about this in AEW. I'm going to bitch about it here. Someone gets kicked out. You're gone. Thrown out of the ringside area. But then they come back. How is that not a DQ for the person in the match? Now, I get it. They didn't interfere in the match. But when your second gets kicked out of the ringside area and then comes back and violates the referee's order, there should be repercussions there on the wrestler in the match. Ludwig, in my opinion, should have been disqualified for Giovanni Vinci coming back out. Granted, he only attacked Johnny. Not Ciampa, not tried to get into the match or anything. But he still defied the referee's direct order of you're out of here. You need to do better. Because this was dumb. It made sense in the big picture for Giovanni Vinci trying to prove himself to Imperium. to Where he actually helped Kaiser win. But again, when we're looking at it, it's like, well, he was kicked out and then the ref saw all this happen and didn't care. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it was dumb. Yeah. I don't know why. So, weirdly, Cole and Barrett start discussing the Louvre in um, London, I guess, I think is where it is. London, Paris, one of those cities saying that it is a work of art just like Kaiser. Cole eagerly told him that the Louvre wasn't all that impressive. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't even know what the Louvre is. You know what the Louvre is? Mm, should we Google it? Yeah, not really. <laughs> Tyreek says, is anyone into Stranger Things? Because I am. Oh, I am. I love Stranger Things. I can't wait for the oh, new yeah. season. I just bought one Final of those season. like... You know those, like, surfer boy pizzas that they sell on the show? Are those good? I like that. 
I, I bought one at Walmart today. It's the first time I'm going to try it. I'm going to okay. try it tomorrow. Let me know. Because I see them at Walmart all the time. And I'm like, I wonder if they're any good. I didn't check the price. I just got it. I think I saw them at Walmart for like 8 bucks or 9 bucks or something like that. They're good that size, though. Like they're bad. good size. Yeah, you can have, it's you can feed people like two people with that. You know what's really good at Walmart is they have these um, take and bake pizzas. They're not frozen pizzas, but they're like pre-made pizzas that you just throw in your oven and cook yourself or whatever. They call them take and bakes. They're freaking like this big around. They're huge. They feed like a family of five. Got, oh, I've, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, like, I go to Walmart. The pepperoni one's eight dollars. At least it is here. Right. Hell of a deal. Cheaper. That's better deal than the Little Caesar Hot and Ready because Little Caesar Hot and Ready now is the same pizza, but it's now eight dollars for a Hot and Ready. And they ain't no five dollars anymore. Like no five dollar foot long either. Normally, I just go to. I've been going to Walmart a lot recently. Normally, there's like a grocery store like two minutes away from my apartment but, right. but like and walmart's like a seven minute drive i've been going to walmart a lot lately because they have like like a lot more like stuff there that you could a lot more groceries yeah and like the prices there are a lot cheaper yeah we have one of those walmart grocery stores like literally three four minutes from our house uh johnson says i heard disney plus is about to get canceled i heard you're dumb Disney Plus, yeah. they're actually going to merge Hulu into the Disney Plus app soon in 2024. So yeah, it ain't getting canceled. You're dumb. So, not really much happened. Like, this is a 10-minute match, and I kind of was, like, I thought the match itself, Kaiser and Ciampa worked well together, but they the commentary took me out of this match a lot because they were talking about other things so much. But like there was one point the two were going back and forth. Ciampa seemed to be setting up for the fairy tale ending, but Vincey suddenly reappeared through the crowd after he was kicked out and booted Johnny in the face. Great drive-by big boot. Like his leg fully extended out, kicked Johnny right in the side of the head. This then distracted Ciampa. Kaiser rolled him up handful of tights and picked up the victory. Yo, ref saw it all and didn't do nothing about it. Now I get where some people are going to go, well, he didn't interfere in the match. Yeah, but he was still kicked out of the ringside area, told you're sent to the back. There should be repercussions on the guy in the match. Like, your your second screws up, it's on you. DIY has been taking a lot of L's recently, ever since they reunited. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. They should, like, they should not be losing. No. And if they should... They shouldn't be losing in matches that just don't make sense for them to lose. Now, like last week, that was fine because they got screwed by Ludwig, but they should have been able to get some sort of revenge this week, I felt. The Judgment Day had a meeting backstage. Ripley and Dom made a remark about Priest calling himself the leader. Priest tried to downplay it and said he was just in a hot moment. Ripley was like, you know, you could be in charge of Survivor Series. You could be the leader of the War Games team. And the rest of the Judgment Day were like, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Dom and Balor were on board. Balor then was like, all right, now we got to worry about tonight, though. Dom, you need to get JD, and you guys need to get out of here before Pierce gets mad. And um, Ripley grabbed a duffel bag and said it was time 
make JD official. Chris says he wasn't ready, but Ripley and JD. Well, uh, uh, Priest said, a Priest wasn't ready, but Ripley said JD was in medical right now. You may want to go talk to him. He took that bullet for you, and he's done it more than once. Dollar's like, yeah, it's time. Priest then took the duffel bag and was like, all right, I'll go take care of this. This then led to Zia Lee and Indy Hartwell with Candice LeRae at ringside. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Referee stoppage. Not much here. Zia Lee hit her with the roundhouse kick. Indy collapsed despite the fact that the kick hit her in the shoulder. She played it up like she got kicked in the head. And there we go. Because, I mean, Zaya, even if she, like, she did a perfect kick, but Indy's just so much taller than her, she couldn't have. Indy would have had to, like, duck down to get hit in the head. So, yeah, fans booed this, and they didn't like it at all. They didn't just, and I, I felt like, and maybe you felt differently, I didn't feel like they were booing it to boo Zaya. I felt like they were booing it because they thought it was crap. What did you think? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, Also, fans just haven't been a fan of like the whole Zaya stuff lately. Oh, no, not at all. Like her, like the her and like Becky stuff, like just feels super random. Just they just need something for Becky to do, right? That's that's what it feels like to me, and that's why fans are not liking it because they just this just feels super random. The only thing I see here on Disney Plus is next month a beta app will come out that merges Disney Plus and Hulu. And it'll be a beta app, and then the official app will drop in the spring. And then I also see somebody in the live chat saying, Disney Plus India is probably canceled. Well, who? No offense, but we're in America here. I am following Disney Plus in India with Hotstar and all that. Uh, Becky Lynch then comes out after the match. She was looking for a fight. She tried to hit Lee with the manhandle slam, but Lee, uh, Zia Lee escaped. Lynch and Lee only had about seven more days to run away from each other and stuff because they said that their match is next week. It's official. Cool, the match should be all right. Hopefully it's the last thing they have to do together. Right. Uh, Gunther then approached The Miz in the back and congratulated Mike on his surprise win last week. It was a defensive win, but Miz was now the rightful challenger. Miz fired up and told Gunther to watch this match tonight because he didn't know who he was dealing with. Miz said that he would do whatever it took to win the title. He said he's been doing this for 20 years, and that is why he's an eight-time Intercontinental Champion. Miz would show him the difference between the longest reigning champion and the greatest champion. Gunther said that he knew exactly who he was dealing with. Gunther warned him that he would be getting a beating of a lifetime. Survivor Series. I liked this actually. I thought this did a lot to no one's going to believe that the Miz is going to win, but at least the Miz has some sort of credibility on why he should be a challenger and a viable challenger. It's like, yeah, there's only one person. He can't say it, but it's like, there's only one person who's held that title more times than me. Now there's only really one person in the company at all that's held. Nope. Nobody in WWE currently has held that title more than Miz. 
And the only person that's held it more than Miz is Jericho. So, at least Miz has got that. He's like, you're the longest reigning. But I almost have that record of most times as a champion. Honestly, I think longest reigning is a better, more impressive, important uh, stat to have than how many times you've won it. Oh, I'm a... Eight-time champion. Well, that means you've lost at nine. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's like Ric Flair is a 16-time world champion. John Cena is a 16-time world champion. That means you've lost the world title 17 times. Well, Miz, he didn't really become, like, IC champion until 2012, and he was, like, in the company, like, long before then. Miss started around that. 2004 when he did Tough Enough. Right. And, like, before that, he was mainly tag champion, right. WWE champion, United States champion. He didn't really win the IC title till like, like, middle, mid in his career. Right. Well, he had a couple good runs with the U.S. title first. And, like, that Daniel Bryan uh, feud and stuff, so... Yeah, like, that was good. Oh, yeah. Because that was, what, 2009 when he did the U.S. title run? Or at least the first one? Yeah, 2009. Then going into 2010, he was U.S. champion and won Money in the Bank. So, yeah. And then 2011, he won the WWE championship. And then after the WWE title run is when he started going after the IC title. Tried to make Miz more serious, and yeah. Then they gave him Sandow in 2014. People loved like Damian Miz Dow, though. Oh yeah, it like it was very, it went very well for comedy. And then like after that, they did nothing with him. So Zoe Stark stuck with Shayna Baszler in the back. Baszler thought she could just as easily be champion right now or at least be in Stark's position, but also admitted that Stark was on a roll and looked forward to seeing her beat Rhea. Stark was happy to hear that Rhea or that um, Shayna was happy for her. Raquel then approached. She said she wasn't thrilled that she got eliminated last week and it was just luck and that she wished uh, Zoe good luck. Nia Jax would then appear and mocked all of them. Jack said that they teamed up to eliminate her. It took all of them to eliminate one of her. Raquel got in her face and asked why she wasn't the champion then if she's so tough. Raquel said that she knew that she can beat Rhea one-on-one if she had the opportunity, and Rhea left. Later, the match did get announced for next week. They had an 11-and-a-half-minute match almost. It was The Miz and Ivar. Miz showed off with some flashy offense, but Ivar cut him off with a spinning slam. Ivar... Became distracted as Bronson Reed came out to ringside. And Miz hit him with a bulldog off the ropes. Cole called it a tornado DDT, even though it wasn't a tornado DDT. Miz then marched at Ivar, and Ivar sat down on him. Reed then sat down on a steel chair and watched in front of the announce table. After a commercial break, Ivar hit a backbreaker and a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Miz hit a DDT and got a two off of it. He followed up with the it kicks, and the crowd actually you know, chanted, Yes! Yes! Yes, they really got behind Miz as the babyface here. 
Ivar distracted the referee as Valhalla gave Miz a cheap shot. Ivar hit a roundhouse kick and got a two off of it. Ivar followed this up with the world's strongest slam off the middle rope, but Miz kicked out. Ivar set up for a moonsault, but then became distracted when Bronson Reed, who didn't do anything, just was jawjacking. He was like, ah, I see what you're doing out there. He's like talking crap from his chair. Didn't even get up. Miz then slipped underneath, stacked him up for the cover. One, two, three feet on the ropes, all the way up and everything. And there we go. Miz defeats Ivar. After the match, Bronson Reed jumps in the ring. Boom! Talks out, takes out Ivar, climbs to the top rope, falls off with the tsunami, and there we go. They're building up to Ivar versus Bronson Reed, but what do you think of the match and so forth? I liked it, actually. Yeah, the match was good. That, that Bronson Reed-Ivar match, that's going to be like big meaty men stuff meat next week. Oh, yeah. Is it next week? Uh, I mean, I don't think they announced it, but that'd be my guess. Um, not officially announced yet. So as we move forward, Priest approached to uh, JD McDonough in the back. Priest admitted that he still gets annoyed by JD, but also knew they took one for him and took one for the team. McDonough was someone that he could stand with and welcomed him into Judgment Day. Priest then gave him a new jacket. They shook hands, and McDonough thanked him. Priest said, you earned it. Power then showed up and was thrilled, but then said, hey, our match is coming up. You and Dom need to leave. He then said, go win them tag titles. He basically said, you guys need to leave, or else Pierce is going to go nuts on us. What do you think of JD now officially being part of Judgment Day? I mean, it was... It was going to happen. The yeah. whole thing I didn't like about this skit was it took them to like almost the beginning of the main event for them to leave. Like like Seth well, and like everyone else, they had to leave. Well, it wasn't that they, it was just you guys had to be gone before the main event started. So they didn't really, he didn't say you need to leave now. It was just you need to go before this match starts. So it's all good. So why did it take them so long to leave when, like, whoa, whoa, Seth whoa. And... Remember what Rhea said earlier? JD was being checked out by medical. So there's your excuse right there. So Gunther met with Kaiser and Vinci. He said, good job tonight. And Kaiser arrogantly boasted about the win. Gunther then said, I'm going to talk about you. Gunther was happy with Vinci. And thanked him for helping Kaiser win. Gunther then shot Kaiser a look. Like, take credit when he helped you. So, we then had a segment backstage. So, I might have missed some of this. Because someone in the chat earlier said that this is where they announced Gable and Nakamura. But I saw where it looked like they're trying to turn Ivy Nile and Maxine Dupree into a tag team because they're, like, talking like they're buddies and this and that. I don't know. And then they show Tozawa with the... They show Tozawa and the Creeds and the New Day and Alpha Academy. And Tozawa's holding up a Washington Commander's belt. Um, Creed Brothers suggested that they need 
new tag partners. And Gable said, no, thank you. So, yeah. And then Tazawa danced with the belt. And then, like, they said, go faster. And he went, and he went faster with the belt. I don't know. It's whatever. It was funny. As we I, go feel into... like dance, I feel like the dance has gotten a little bit old, in my opinion. Eh, it still popped me. I still laugh at it. It's just a blank stare that Tazawa gets on his face is what gets me. Just the... This is the blank stare. Then this leads to our main event that went 22 and a half minutes. And man, when I say this was the best thing on the show, this was like one of the best WWE television matches we've seen in a long time. This match was so good. I thought this match was great. So early on, Rhodes and, and Uso were mounting some offense of, before we went to a commercial break. After the break, Balor raked Rhodes' eyes as Priest distracted the referee and Judgment Day took over. Jay eventually made the hot tag and the crowd yelled yeet every time he hit a strike. Michael Cole made reference to this and Wade Barrett goes, yeah, but it doesn't sound as cool when you say it, Cole. Balor then made a blind tag and knocked down Jay with the clothesline outside the ring. Balor chucked Jay over the announce table and they went to a second commercial break. Um, uh, Rose made the hot tag after the break and hit Balor with a power slam and a disaster kick. Hold on. I need to, I need to say something here. Since Saturday says that the yeet chant is the new. Yeah, maybe, but not quite yet. Cause I know people that were at the AEW show on Friday and said fans were not wooing. Like we see at many different shows. He told me. That fans at the at the Rampage and Collision during like when there were breaks between matches or whatever, fans would just randomly yeah, and then another fan would yeah right back, and then another fan would yeah. He's like, there were fans just yeah each other all night. He's like, usually you go to shows, and when there's any downtime, fans just start wooing. He's like, no. These people in Oakland were yan all over the place, and it was an AEW show. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah is over universally, whether it's AEW, WWE, and so forth. I feel like Yeet could be like the yeah for Raw, and then right? yeah is like the thing for SmackDown. But I just thought that was cool that like that's so over that people are yelling in at AEW shows. Yeah, it's basically the new yes chant. It's the new woo, apparently. Well, like even like like all over it's a lot the of places, people what? were doing people were like doing the yes chant, like like all oh, yeah. over everywhere, like at sporting events and yeah. stuff. And then like and, like yeah, it could be basically just the new like yes chant almost. Maybe. Did you see? Um Okada's quote-unquote yes chant when he accepted Danielson's Wrestle Kingdom match? I did not, know. So, Danielson cuts this fiery promo. He's in the woods. His eyes all patched up because he just had surgery. And they cut back to the building after he says, I want you at Wrestle Kingdom. And Okada grabs the microphone and goes, Dragon! 
done. Yes. He just, with one hand, up. Yes. Crowd popped. I popped. It was fantastic. Oh, he, yeah, yells, that, he yells out. He's just like, Dragon! He looks around for a second. Yes. I thought it was uh, great. Uh, Kid Vicious says Brian Danielson doesn't do yes chance in AEW. Well, that's not really how his like gimmick is, though. Well, no, 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 no. He said that was created by Vince McMahon, and out of respect, he will not do it in AEW. He said that. Now, he still comes down the ramp sideways and kind of does that periodically every so often, but he will not yell yes. He will allow the fans to do it. He will never, he said he will never try to stop the fans from doing the yes, but he won't out of respect for Vince in the WWE. But just when Okada did it to accept the challenge for Wrestle Kingdom, I lost my crap. Just the way he was just like, yes. It was fantastic. Back to this match, though. Uh, Rhodes made a hot tag after a break and hit Balor with a power slam and a disaster kick. Rhodes then jabbed Priest with the iconic bionic elbow. Uh, Rhodes super kicked Balor, but Balor blocked Cody Cutter. Rhodes set up for the crossroads, but Balor blocked that too and tagged Priest. Jay then tagged in and hit Priest with the flying crossbody for a two. Jay then super kicked Priest and Balor hit Priest with the... Uh, yeah, and Balor, Balor and then hit Priest... Hit Priest with the Uso Splash. Got a two off of it. Michael Cole made reference to saying that that move has won Uso many a championships in the past. Jay avoided a choke slam and super kicked Priest, who was not the legal man. Rhodes then hit Priest with the crossroads. Jay speared Balor at one point, who was the legal man. And then they hit him with a double team move that Michael Cole called the right move, the right name. He wanted to need that 1D Cody. He just called it the Cody. The Cody. You don't need that 1D cutter, 1D code like he was trying to do last week or whatever, or a couple weeks ago. No, he just said, oh, they're going for the move. It's the the Cody. He goes for it. Cody goes for the cover. <sighs> Priest breaks it up. Rose then hits Priest with a suicide dive. But Priest then shoves him into the ring post, and so hard that a piece of the ring post cover breaks off. Priest then choke slams Rhodes on the apron, Jay wipes out both opponents with a flip dive and chucks Balor back into the ring. As Jay gets to his feet, he turns around and boom! Drew McIntyre kicks him in the face with the Claymore out of nowhere. Well, actually not out of nowhere, because Drew appears. Michael Cole then tells us, Drew McIntyre's here! And then Drew hits him with the Claymore. He throws him in the ring. Finn pins him, and there we go. Judgment Day retains. He then walks up the ramp. And he's staring back down at Cody and Jay. Cody is checking on Jay. They cut back to Drew. And Mommy walks out. Mommy walks out. Extends the hand for the handshake. And Drew shakes her hand. So there we go. What would you think of the match? And Drew aligning with Judgment Day. Is he a member of Judgment Day? I don't think so. I think he's just going to be with them for war games. Because he hates Seth. Yeah, I think the whole like Drew with Judgment Day thing, that's, that's literally just a one-time thing. Just as it's his way to get to Seth. I know, like, I, I can totally see maybe, like, after War Games, they can try to recruit Drew, but maybe Drew's like, 
like no this is i was only with you guys because i want to try to get back to seth do you think any of this could lead to drew getting another shot at seth in the belt yes i think or else why would or else why would drew even be with judgment day in the first place? right right so what do you think of the match though I mean, match was very predictable. Predictable, I'll but I thought that. it was great. I thought these four guys worked their asses off. It was a really good television match. Like, it was a great main oh, yeah. event. Great main event, but very predictable. Oh, yeah. I knew Drew was coming out. The way when Pierce earlier was like, everybody in war games that's not in the main event, you're banned from the arena. I'm like, oh, so this is when Drew comes out. Well, then essentially, we're supposed to get Randy next week then, probably. Because according to the Fightful report, they want to announce Randy before Survivor Series. And there's only one show left to do that. Right. With that, that's everything that we thought about tonight's Monday Night Raw. Now we want to know what you guys thought about tonight's Monday Night Raw as far as the polls do go. So let's go refresh all of those really fast. Boom, 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 boom. Or as the Twitter X poll does go, 70% liked the show. Wow, that's higher than most weeks. 29% thought it was just all right. And nobody disliked the show. 0% I didn't like it. That's good to see. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, 78% liked the show. Overwhelmingly, everybody liked this show. 18% 18% thought it was just all right. 5% didn't like it. First says, perfect setup for Randy Orton's return. First says, serviceable. I'm glad Drew finally turned. 5 out of 10. First says, I bet Randy Orton returns next week on Raw. No, duh. Um, it's a setup. But will AJ join the Judgment Day as WWE smacked? I'm not even going to finish reading that because that makes no sense. Because they also say, could Montez Ford join? What? No, what? Huh? That's a troll tweet comment. First says boring, and this person says, "Well, we all just saw Drew return or turn heel and join the Judgment Day." No, we don't know if he's joined to the Judgment Day. We know that he helped the Judgment Day. So we need someone on the Cody team to make it five. Yeah, it's gonna be Randy freaking Orton. And I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind when he comes out because Randy Orton is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Or as the Twitch poll does go, everybody that voted said it was just all right. Finally, as far as the YouTube live poll does go, 71% liked the show, 23% thought it was just all right, and 6% did not like it. With that, that is everything we got for you here. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'm going to go live on Twitch in just a little bit. Twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy playing some Disney Speedstorm. I got to finish up some of this season stuff before the new season starts. I'm going to play some Disney Speedstorm. Maybe we'll play some other games afterwards as well. Luke, tell them where they can find you, though. 
You can find me over at Twitter X at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. What that guys want to say, thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'll be back on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. So have a great rest of your Monday night or morning, depending on what time it is when you're watching this. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.